And now, it's time for the Dad Bod Rap Pod with your hosts, Damone Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Dad Bod Rap Pod, episode 170, but we will be here forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever, we will be here forever. I am your host, Damone Carter. I am joined in Zoom as I have been for the past 3,000 months by my brother, Nate LeBlanc. What's happening? What up, what up? Doing good? (laughs) That's enough from you, Nate. That's enough. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Settle down. That's the most pregnant pause you will get from him on this program. And speaking of pregnant pauses... We have the uh, man of few words, but uh, many statements, Mr. David Ma. How's it going? Hey, you guys. Good to be here with you OGs for this uh, OG episode. Uh, um, I'm an OG, not an OG. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make sense it later, totally folks. Make It'll sense. make sense. We totally clarified and got to the bottom of that with Nate's amazing question. <laughs> we were all thinking. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So this episode number 170, as you can tell when you clicked on it, uh, we will be interviewing Ed O.G. of Ed O.G. and the Bulldogs fame and as well as a storied, very long career in hip hop. And uh, I believe it was Dart Adams posted the um, hot singles of 1991 chart the other day, of which uh, I got to have it. Ed OG's uh, signature joint was number one in 1991 and he's still around uh, making music. He's got a new record with Insight um, that's coming out really soon, if not already by the time you hear this. And so he got us to next week. It came out on the 15th. Oh, it came out on the 15th. So it's, it's already out. um, And he's just over there. There really hasn't been a big gap in his career you know how like when you apply for jobs and they're like, you care to explain the, the you know, 14 month layoff? No, I do not. Um, NOG has, has been steadily consistent from 91 all the way to present. That is a 30 year rap career, which is really, really insane and, and something not too many can really lay claim to. And it got me thinking about, and I wanted to run it by y'all. It got me thinking to about what rapper of this era will be around in 30 years? But before you answer that, Nate, you see, I could see your wind up. Before you answer that, what is it to your mind that allows a rapper to have sustained longevity? I'm, I thought about this a lot, and I was also thinking a lot about the rappers who have had 30-year careers, among them De La Soul, Ice Cube, mm. E-40. Mm. There are a number, um, and there will be even more when we, now that the early 90s was 30 years ago. If, you, if you're right. still rapping and you put out an album in the early 90s, you have had a 30-year mm. career. It's amazing. Um, what a time to be alive. But I think the innate quality that defines all of those people is curiosity. Mm. And that's that's how you stay, if not 
100% relevant, like probably the most relevant of the people that I just mentioned was E40, who has continued to refine his yeah. sound and collaborate yeah. with everyone. Like his new albums, he, he he doesn't even put out single albums anymore. He puts out them four album blocks because he's That's got production cool. and features from so many different kinds of people. It keeps him in the conversation on a nationwide and worldwide scale. He has a beverage empire. So he's, he's always looking for new challenges. And so I think there kind of takes a kind of innate curiosity about the state of the world and the state of the hip hop game. And that's what you have to have to keep pushing for that long. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a great point, Dave. Uh, somebody like Snoop Dogg is almost there. Right. Like we're like 90, 92, I believe. Yeah, if you're taking a, deep cover to yeah. today, you're getting yeah. there. <laughs> he, he's, he's almost there. Dave, if you are of, of the ilk of rapper who maybe doesn't have their own kind of beverage deal or is doing movies like Ice Cube or is like a household name like Snoop, um, how can you survive on the underground ish tip for 30 plus years what do you what do you think the key is there i i, I don't think there's one sort of uh dj Khaled key for this uh <laughs> i think it's it's simply the ability to be yourself while adapting and and mm. so i have a couple examples that as as sort of easy as that sounds but the the red yeah. mans of the world will always yeah. be red man of the world you know yep. and and so yep. they don't he doesn't go out of style and yet he's the same so certain people i think just just sort of had the, had their finger on the pulse. You know, I feel like if ODB was still alive, he'd be ODB, mm. you know, he would be unchanged. And does that mean they're gonna capture the zeitgeist at the moment? Maybe not, but sort of in this fear as hip hop, you know, ages. I mean, you know, rock music had a good 25 year head start, you know, and we all joke yeah. about how old um, Keith Richards is, but <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, in the second that like a rapper gets gray hair, they're like irrelevant. So, you know, in, in, in this age where like Grandmaster Flash and Chuck D, Curtis Blow, Ice-T, they're all like reaching 60. I mean, no, no doubt that I think Chuck D will still be putting stuff out in 10 years to answer your question, he'll be 70. And, you know, as a 40 year old now, I know how quick 10 years flies by. So I think yeah. we're gonna, reach this age where these these older these elder statesmen are going to keep doing their shit so now whether it's going to be like gripping we'll see but um yeah. i think 70 year old rappers is definitely a stage that will you know well that's uh that we're reaching and so that's you know crazy. it means a lot to me when you see the jay-z's and the black dots of the world do their sinatra stage and is still mm. very smart and sharp so you know uh we'll kind of see how that goes um what are your thoughts on that Demo? Well, I kind of feel like uh, this question really focuses on hip hop's um, supposed focus on youth. Yeah. And so I'm not sure if this happened to rock when we start to get into the 80s, but I feel like in rap, there is this hyper focus on youth and the vitality of the music. And I think some of the uh, more senior acts kind of get overlooked over time. And I think that some of them kind of fall into that, that pit if they don't find some other land. It wasn't that long ago, maybe two or three years ago, that Karis went on this social media rant about how he can't make money in America. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I've, I've heard similar stuff from like Cool Herc and them is like, you know, 
it's really hard for them to be economically viable. And so I feel like whoever uh, is able to make a very long run, it, it, it's to Nate's point, I just think it's about income streams. It's kind of like, if you can get into multiple things, Chuck does, Chuck D does a uh, great voiceover work. Right. Um, he, he tapped into a rock audience. I think that's another key. If you right. can tap into a rock audience, I think of a Cypress Hill, mm-hmm. um, they'll be able to tour and uh, keep releasing stuff. I think for as long as they want, because they have an audience that's not necessarily um, checking for the newest and hottest thing. So I feel like, to overcome the the kind of implicit age bias that lives in rap, you've got to have a couple of other things going um, and or tap into what's almost a non-rap fan base. I hate to right, say it right. like that. But you know, the, the but, rap fan base, you know, for the first time is also aging along mm, with these guys that, you know, these idols that we looked up to 30 years ago. I so, know a good podcast about that if you guys want to recommend <laughs> off air. <laughs> Father figures. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out to Father uh, figures. Damon, we still haven't really answered your question. We kind of wanted to get our our caveats out of the way. So let's yes. let's take a stab yes. at it, right? Um, yeah. So to, to have a 30-year career, it helps to start young. Um, Ice Cube released his stuff with CIA when he was still in high school, right? So yeah. Yeah. he's been doing some movies and stuff, but they're doing that Mount Westmore uh, record. Yeah. He's very much still a yeah. rapper and his whole like, screen persona is still based on is his his rap career so right. i i wouldn't like take him out of the running for that in any way so it helps to have started young um a kind of uh, someone who i could see still having a music career or perhaps a poetry career and a rap career in he, if he's been in the game for 12 years so in 18 more years would be a rap ferrera like he just like oh, everything sure. he says is kind of interesting and he's has yeah. that relentless curiosity. So, and unless people get bored of rap, like, you know how people do that? Like Andre 3000 mm-hmm. appears to have gotten right. bored of rapping. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And like a lot of, a lot of really vital artists, like put it, put it behind them and be like, rapping is something that I used to do. Um, yeah. Like you don't, you don't hear LL rap a ton anymore. Right. Like right. he's right. going to get to like a 40 year, stage in his career but he's kind of more like an executive and actor at this point right. so i don't know where you put people like that um a couple a, a couple people in the twitter thing and i know we're going to get to this later in the show picked rappers who are like way too old like we're way too old like, now yeah it's like in yeah. 30 years that's uh that's asking a lot of that person who's in their 40s right now <laughs> jay-z will be 80 he won't be in his 70s <laughs> right he'll be, he'll be legit 80 yeah but that's that's what people are saying about chuck in the late in the late 80s you know what i mean he's right sure. or i'm sorry in the early 90s not late 80s yeah he's uh you know certainly got a commanding presence and that really helps and it, it chuck seemed old then that's you know what, what I'm mean? saying. Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. He did start late. So Chuck is one of those rappers like Jay-Z that right. was an elder statesman for Jump. I think he's like 24, 25 when uh, Yo Brumbush the Show comes out. Mm-hmm. It's like how uh, like a player is considered to be a bad basketball player if they last all four years of college. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Like if you're a 23-year-old rookie, it's like, what, you're not good enough to be taken when you're 17 and a half or whatever? Um, you, you that, that doesn't really count yeah. for, for music. You know what I mean? People still have good musical ideas all throughout their life. But um, Dave, do you have anybody from now who you think you can see lasting three more generations or so? You know, the, uh, this might be... I was going to say, I think I, 
I can see Benny doing the Benny shtick until he's done selling sweatshirts, until okay. he's done rapping about Pyrex. Because, I mean, th those Griselda right. guys are using a formula that's already 20-something years old, and they're way successful yeah. at it. And, you know, I think as long as, again, to, to Damone's point, as long as the revenue streams are there, why not? You know? Yeah. What about you, Damone? Yeah, Who, I, do you have I, your I, eye I would, on anybody? If you, if you had to draft that. someone to found a franchise just to continue the sports metaphor and be yeah. your career, your See, career so player. So hard. Going. That's so hard because you just want to pick the young cat. Right. But then people might change their mind in, in six months. That's what I'm saying. It's like, uh, I wanted to go with like yeah. a Mavi, yeah. but like, I don't totally. know well enough totally. to be like, is this the kind of guy who's going to want to rap for three more decades? Exactly. Like, like, no, like films no. or use right. his college degree. You know what I mean? I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Um, I think, one name that a, a couple folks mentioned, and we'll get to it in question of the week, but I, I agree. Um, even though he's had a sustained layoff, I, I think Kendrick mm. um, is uniquely poised to uh, keep doing his thing. To Dave's point, I, it, I do think it's about having a very iconic character or voice, right? Like mm -hmm. you have something that that no one else can really replicate and that you, you built a, a solid fan base around. I, I, I want to double back a little bit though. The, the advantage that rappers from the nineties had is, is coming about in the most dynamic creative period. So a De La Soul that came out tomorrow, I think would have a much harder time um, amassing a, a 30 year career, even if they were just as brilliant. But the fact I always um, admire acts that came out in a time when hip-hop itself was coming out and I think you you're always going to have um kind of this reverence for folks who at least were there then and kind of made it a little bit further right if you weren't considered a one-hit wonder um but back to who I who I think has a real shot um I would I would say Kendrick I think Rock Marciano um, because his formula is so durable. I know he's a little bit older right now. But, but he, his, if you count the UN, he started way earlier than most people are thinking. Like you in, don't in start 20, like a 2010. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. The way earlier than that. He was in flip mode squad in the oh, 90s. That's right. That's so he's, right. he's yeah, on his yeah. way to being a 30 year cat right now. That's yeah, I did, I did the liner notes for the UN reissue and he was a part of the flip mode squad way back that's in the crazy. day, like Nate was saying. And it's, it's almost crazy that like his first and second act has been forgotten. Everybody just yeah. thinks like post Marsburg, but that's crazy. While I'm on that tip, like Jay-Z started way earlier than that too, like backing up Jazzo and doing that original concept okay. and I get open. Yeah, people. right. Like, sure, sure. It, it depends on, on what the, the start date is. But I, I think another thing we're surfacing here is when you have uh, multiple acts. Right. So right. when you can... When you can flip it up, it's either like you got to have a solid character. Snoop Dogg will be Snoop Dogg right. from here to infinity. Um, other acts like De La, I think De La is a great example of how you have to change it up periodically um, in order to kind of keep up with every rapper is bound to the zeitgeist. They just they just are like in some type of way. You've got to speak to it in some type of way or people are going to treat you like you're the cold crush or something like you have to have you know no, no diss to the cold crush but that's how this culture has worked thus far for sure you you seem too much um of a past era people uh tend to overlook you so you're always gonna have to speak to it a little bit but when you do it too much then it doesn't feel right like i if red man on a trap beat would be a 
disaster for all involved, right? So it is this delicate dance that I think the rappers have to do in order to stay there. I think I think Kendrick could do it. I mean, at some point though, you do have to tap out from not having a release. Like if you take a D'Angelo size break, then you were out a 30 of year the career. Running. Or was that like two 10 year careers with a 10 year gap in the middle? Right. Um, right, right, something right. I want to kind of put into the conversation is like, at, this is where we need to check ourselves a little bit as fans and critics, because I was a listener who resented De La's, yeah. let's call it their third act, like the AOI stuff. Right, I was like, I was right. Like, what is this? I don't want this. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> but that, mm-hmm. that allowed them to find other fans, have other hits, have the ooh song. And you know what I mean? Like have like, yeah. find mm-hmm. other lanes, other pockets and like, I need to like, and I was just in, you know, perpetually in a bad mood back then because I was broke and just not getting it. But like, it's like, oh, you you have to allow the artist to grow and that's how they can have longevity and change. And if you if you really, mm. really mess with someone, you have to like allow them to change. And especially underground rap fans are not really known for that. Totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Our yeah. thoughts crystallize and it's over if if you got a different backpack. I get it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it, which is which you're right. As as fans, um, if we want to see this art form and the legends in it continue to to thrive and prosper, I think about somebody like Q-Tip, who was assailed um, when he kind of did his his jazz kind of singing album, mm-hmm. which in retrospect is just normal. Like it's so funny how something yeah. that was like fucking sacrilege, you go back to the abs- come all the abstract. It's just, just an album. The, yeah, today, you know, that's I, just an album. I felt the same way because I fucking hated that so much. In the same way I hated the the the, uh, the second to last Tribe album. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I yeah. think, uh, you know, one thing that does work to the advantage of artists these days is the streaming culture. It's mm. already out there. People are going to... People are going to dismiss it and then go back in 20 years and you're the, yeah. you're the new genius to them. You know what yeah. I mean? And that yeah. happens with so much right now. I mean, you know, we're just talking about Daylaw and like so many younger kids. I'm like, you, I know you didn't know who fucking Daylaw is, but you know, right. but they're, they're all the access. In, in the engagement and, you know, on Twitter and, and yeah. IG, whatever, because they just heard, they just heard it last week and three feet high, high and rising just blew their mind. And so yeah. I think like the, the access to mm. me will, will also keep people's careers alive. Just to illustrate my point before, Q-Tip is like my literal hero in life. Never listen mm-hmm. to that Kamal the Abstract record. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was not trying to hear that when that came out. I was like, "Nope, you lost me at Vibrant Thing." Now I am completely gone. At, oh my god! Yeah, no, I was a very uh, a very staunch, very close-minded backpacker. Man, uh, we're gonna do a confessions of a reactionary backpacker on a future episode <laughs> of Dad by Rap Pod. But right now, um, I want to get into our interview. It was great to talk to this cat. Um, he's had such a, a long and story career and was very gracious to sit down and kind of open up um, about his process uh, and what it's been like just being in the game for 30 years. So without further ado, here is our interview with Ed O.G., Dad Bod, Rap Pod.
Dad Bod Rap Pod. Every week we bring you interviews with the people who are moving and shaping hip hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in Zoom, we have legendary MC. You might know him from his work with Ed OG and the Bulldogs, as well as special teams, his work with people like Pete Rock uh, and DJ Premier. And he has a new record coming out with Insight entitled Ed OG and Insight Innovates. We have Ed OG. How's it going, man? Peace. What's up, y'all? Thanks, oh, man. thanks for y'all. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me, man. I, I appreciate it. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, man. All good. Great to have you on the program. Um, I'm going to start. I'm going to take it all the way back. Uh, your first record dropped in 1991. Um, so congrats on, on 30 years. 30, in the game. 30 years, yeah. man. Word up. Yeah. <laughs> Word. That's, that's wild, man. But um, coming out of Boston, you were the first rapper that I had heard of from Boston. And I'm sure that's true for a lot of people. Yeah. Can you talk to us about coming out at that time and was it difficult to get respect from New York as West Coasters? We understand what it's like to not be respected oh, hell, by New York. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, so, okay. So yeah, yeah, just talk to us about that. Yeah, of course. You know, New York is the, the birthplace of hip hop, the home of hip hop. Um, you know, in Boston is a little side to, to New York and we always got the sports rivalry, you know, forever. So we don't like each other in those terms. We like each other in other terms. But, you know, for hip hop, I think um, you had to go to New York to get it in. To, to earn New York's respect, you had to go there and get it, you know. Um, and for us, you know, thankfully for me, I had cousins who were in the industry, the awesome two. And um, they were on the radio since, you know, the mid 80s um, playing stuff. And they had a, a great hip hop show for about, I don't know, I'd say 15 years. Good run from the 80s up until, you know, somewhere in the mid 90s, 96 or something like that. Um, and they were legendary in themselves. So that was my end to New York. So, you know, they knew everybody. And I came right in, you know, just riding their coattails. And they ended up getting me my record deal in uh, 1990. And then 91, the album came out, Life of a Kid in the Ghetto, at OG and the Bulldogs. Dope, man, dope. Thank you for that. You know, as we're sort of surveying your long, deep history, all these incredible collaborations come up. You know, Jake One, Primo, Marco Polo, um, of course, um, the great Pete Rock. You know, what sort of, I just want to get some insight on your working process. Um, how do you choose your beats? Um, man, it's all feeling, to be honest mm. with you. It's really just a feeling. I hear it, it hits me, and that's it. <laughs> I swear to God, it's really that simple. So there's no, um, you know, of course I like boom bap. So if it's a, you know, you're sending me a bunch of trap stuff, it's just not gonna fit into what I'm trying to do um, with my music, but yeah, it's it's a simple. It's just just a feeling, man. And you know, I'm a lover of dope producers, as you mm -hmm. can tell. I've worked with you know most of the dopest producers in the hip hop game, um, and you know, I love dope beats, man. And I think I got an ear for good beats too. I think that's one thing. You know, not to diss any other MCs, and I think some of them have gotten better over the years, aka uh, Nas for beats over the years. But at, at a certain point, 
it was like he just was rhyming over anything because he was so dope lyrically. But, mm-hmm. you know, it has to be a full song. The beat has to bang as much as the lyrics, as far as I'm concerned. You know, and I'm a dope lyricist. But if it's a whack beat, what's the purpose, man? I, you know, I'm not one of them just listen to what the hell I'm saying. Everything <laughs> has to match. You know what I mean? It has to yep. be a solid record. So, um, yeah, I love all the dope producers. There's a few I haven't worked with that I still would love to work with. High Tech, mm. um, Pharrell, mm. Dre, and Apollo Brown. That's about it. And Mad Lip. Dope, dope. Thank Pretty you, man. List. Uh, yeah. <laughs> today, when I was doing my research, I was listening um, pretty heavily to Roxbury 02119, your second record as Ed O.G. and the Bulldogs. And uh, one song caught my ear in particular, and it's produced by Diamond D. And it's called Love Comes and Goes. And I was just struck by what, this is just a beautiful song. I really think this song should be more discussed, more known, uh, just kind of like, if if you could take us back a little bit to anything you remember about making it or- Oh, I remember everything. Yeah, I remember everything, bro. So um, we were actually in the studio, me, Diamond, and- um, Nefertiti. I don't know if you guys are familiar with her. She's from Oakland, from out there in the Bay. She was signed to um, Mercury Records as well. And we all were signed. Um, so she was just in my session and Diamond played the beat. And I was kind of on the fence about the beat, to be honest with you. I was really like, ah, you know, it's kind of soft. I don't want to. I'm looking for some hard shit. And, and um, she was like, dude, you gotta rock this. You know, this beat is fire. And shout out to Nefertiti. She convinced me to do that record and, you know, kind of gave me the direction. You know, when Diamond played the hook, she's like, you know, so shout out to Nefertiti. That's all her. And then, then you know, she gave me the direction. And at the time, there was a lot of people around us dying. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, inner cities in the early 90s. Uh, was crazy everywhere. Um, so, you know, a lot of my friends were passing away. So I wanted to talk about that. And, um, you know, that was it. And again, shout out to Nefertiti, man, or, or that record would have never probably made it. Oh, that's dope. That's that's dope. Um, I, I got a, a two part question for you right now. What what I I want to touch on, you know, we've come out of the really what's been a horrible kind of couple of months for for rappers. We've seen a lot of rappers uh, yeah, passing away, especially folks of, of getting towards their their middle ages, um, passing away prematurely um, in the game. You've been able to sustain a 30 year career and hopefully you're you're in you're in great health. But do, do you can you talk a little bit about like how you sustain as an artist and also like, do you get concerned when you see your contemporaries kind of passing away prematurely, not necessarily to like gun violence or anything, but like Mm. literal health issues. Like, yeah, that does that cross your mind at all? Um, you know, I've, I've tried to be as health conscious as possible from going way back to the nineties. Um, you know, with my eating, and, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, it does, you know, it concerns me. We all getting up there in age, man. And that's something that, you know, happens a lot, even, you know, without hip hop. I'm sure just regular working cats go to high school. And then some cats, as you know, we get older, have health issues. So 
you know, I try to take care of myself, eat healthy, you know, walk a lot um, and, you know, stay, stay in good shape, take vitamins and just try to, you know, not be on some, some craziness, man, like out here. Cause yeah. the world is crazy, man. And, you know, I'm 50 years old. I think hey. I look good for my age, uh, half a century, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, just trying to, you know, keep it going, man, and keep making more music. And, uh, you know, if you if you continue to do what you love, I think you'll stay young at heart and, you mm. know, young in the physical as well and, and your body and your whole, you know, aura. It's a whole, you know, spiritual thing as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you feel like, um, you know, because a lot of your contemporaries are kind of like no longer in the game like how do you from a from a kind of artistry level um how do you keep your your sword sharp like how do you you know stay on top of it you're not rapping the same as you were in 91 obviously yeah like, for sure what, what for do you sure. think keeps you sharp um i think you know and it's you know it's a, i know it's kind of a cliche man but i really think i got better with time I think the more time I put in the game, the more time I put in the studio, the more time recording and doing everything that I've done uh, up to this point, you know, has gotten me as sharp as I could possibly be. I think I'm seriously at the top of my game lyrically, um, you know, and it's just it's crazy to have that, you know, from where I started to to now. And I think just, you know, continuing to put out new music to always doing more projects, um, collaborating with producers, with, you know, other MCs, different things like that. I think that will, you know, keeps anybody, if you you stand in the studio and you, you're recording and putting out a lot of material, man, I think it keeps you on your toes. And then I listen to a lot of new stuff too, uh, as far as boom bap goes. Um, and, you know, that that's who I'm competing with. That's who I'm, you know, if I hear something that's fire and somebody like uh spitting crazy, it inspires me. It it makes me wanna, you know, not ever come whack. You know what I'm saying? Like come with that too. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's like it's competition too, man. I'm you know, from the competition era, the battling era. Um, I love where hip hop is at in that form with the battles and everything, man. So you know, just keeps you on your toes. Dope, man. Thank you for that. Um, Damone earlier mentioned that you've been in the game for 30 years and, you know, we, we keep talking about it because it's quite quite an achievement, man. So congratulations. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you. But we, you know, we have to talk about Life of a Kid in the Ghetto, 1991. Um, it, it was such a big achievement. And um, specifically, I want to talk about the song Be a Father to Your Child. Um, yeah. What do you remember about putting that together? And sort of what, what was the inspiration for, you know, focusing in on such like a, an important topic and adding positivity to a song like that? Um, you know, it was at the time uh, back then in the like early uh, mid 80s, we had like teen pregnancy was out of control. Um, so there was a lot of teenagers, you know, getting pregnant um, and a lot of fatherless, you know, uh, babies, man, in my neighborhood, everywhere around me. You know, I was raised by a single mother. All my friends hell, were, were <laughs> raised by a single mother. Um, no, none of my friends had the father in the house. You know what I mean? It's crazy. And then to see that repeating with a you know newer generation, with my generation, coming up um i just wanted to 
you know, change that narrative, man. And I remember it used to be cool to say to a girl in the 80s, as soon as she told you she was pregnant, that the baby's not mine. That was the, the line. Like every man who is of my age or older will tell you, all the men would say that. It ain't my baby. Knowing, you know, is you, you just wasn't, men weren't responsible. So I wanted men to be responsible, especially, you know, men of color to take care of ours, you know what I mean? And, and, and help out because if anybody was raised by a single mother, they know it's a struggle, you know what I'm saying? So when you do have a man in the house to, you know, it's a balance and, and kids need that balance, man. So I think after that song, it changed a lot of people. Um, and, you know, still to this day, I get people coming up to me and telling me, you know, that song changed them and, and made them want to be laser on being a great dad. And everybody now wants to be a great dad. Nobody wants to be a deadbeat dad. I mean, it's so uncool. So I think be a father to your child kind of made it uncool to be a deadbeat dad. Mm, mm. That's, Thank that's you really for that. well said. It's, it's a really important song and a really important song in, in the culture, as it sounds like you're well aware and you should be very proud of it. Um, you guys do something. You and Insight um, had a chance to listen to the record earlier today. Don't, it's a really don't. fun record. Thank um, you. <laughs> you guys do something kind of interesting. I wanted to get your take on it. Mm -hmm. You cover. Uh, yes. You guys, you guys cover Big Daddy Kane's Set It Off, and you trade off seamlessly. Talk to the people about it. Tell us um, how you made that decision and what you guys kind of are, um, you know, accomplishing with this, this uh, recording. This this particular record is one of my all-time favorite records, first of all, let me say that. Um, and, you know, I never really wanted to do a cover. I actually wanted to just rap over the beat, have somebody kind of redo it, and then kind of rock in the style. And then I had brought the idea to Insight. Um, you know, we was shooting ideas back and forth, and we just said, man, we should just do a cover and go back and forth on it. You know, it would be ill. And I was like, oh, man, yeah, that would be kind of ill. And I'm really not for saying other people's rhymes, even though Kane, <laughs> one of my all-time favorite, one of the gods of rap, um, you know, so it was like, uh, let's do it. Let's try it. He did the beat over, did the scratches, because Insight is just insane. And um, it came out really dope. And as soon as we finished it, I sent it to Kane. And he was gave me the thumbs up, said dope. That's that's dope. You got yeah. the the official cosign uh, exactly. for Big Daddy Kane. That's that's sick. Um, gonna kind of loop back to the first question I asked. You know, you definitely a trailblazer for for your town in terms of in terms of hip hop. Do you think in the overall kind of arc and narrative of the history of the culture that Boston has gotten its proper due? Um, no, I don't think like. In the way of, um, I think there's a lot of dope MCs out right now from Boston that that are, you know, doing their thing all around uh, worldwide. Um, but Boston as a whole, I don't think we've got in our, you know, like our stamp stamp. I mean, we don't have a particular sound. I would say we're more kind of mm -hmm. a boom bap city. Most of the cats that come from here are not too too mainstream not that we don't have some mainstream artists of course but um it's more of a boom bap city i would say you know we kind of stuck to that so um you know it's not i don't know the new newer cats that are doing trapping blowing up crazy or 
whatever it is. So right. I'm not too familiar with that side. And then, you know, one of the problems with Boston is we don't have black radio mm. and we've mm. never really had black radio. And so it's always been a, a problem. I mean, every other state, you can even go to uh, every other city, you can go to Hartford. They have black radio mm. and we're a much bigger city than Hartford and shout out to Hartford. Um, but, you know, we just don't have that. So you don't have the, the town supporting the artists on radio like in other places. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, this is going to seem off topic, but I do think it's relevant. Um, are you are you rocking with the Celtics this year? Do you? Of I know the Knicks, the, Knicks, the Knicks are relevant again. I have a secret wish to see y'all collide. Are, are the Celtics going to the finals? LOG, tell us. The Celtics are going to the finals. My prediction every year is Celtics Lakers, man. Every okay. year. Okay. <laughs> and in and in NBA history, you wouldn't be wrong. That literally happened 34 times. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay. Um, yo, thank you for that. You know, sort of on the uh, on the topic of Boston um, and Roxbury as well. Um, we would be remiss if we did not bring up the great Guru. And uh, I, I know that you, I know that you guys had worked together before on, uh, I think that bald head slick album, uh, Rolling, yeah. Do Rolling Dolo. Yeah. Um, can you just sort of tell the people a little bit about working with Guru and, you know, your guys' relationship and sort of what he, me what he means to you as well? Yeah, I mean, that was my man, you know, he, I knew him, you know, since I, early in rap, 85, 86, starting around there. Um, his his first DJ, um, you know, lived in my neighborhood and lived down the street. So we all used to be at his house rocking, you know, uh, to the break beats and different things, you know, spitting on new verses. And um, I was around with him when he got his deal with uh, Wild Pitch when they got the record deal. I met mm. Stu Fine in 89 up here in Boston. They came up here. Um, there was recording... Uh, uh, I forgot the name of that first single, The Message, I think it was called. Mm. I think it was called The Message or The Lesson. Maybe it was called The Lesson. Um, that was like 89. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was way back. Um, but yeah, I knew him, man. And then, you know, most people don't even know him and Preem are in the I Gotta Have It video. It's oh, a really? real okay. quick snippet. Whoa. You got to look, look back. They were actually doing promo for their new record while we were shooting the video and the record store was, was right there. They was doing an in-store and um, I seen them, yo, jump in the video. So they're in there for one quick second. Watch that video, Guru and Preem in there. But um, yeah, we had a great relationship and um, the ill kid, when we ended up doing that, he started his own label. He wanted me to um, sign with him. We, we hung out for a few weeks and, um, you know, did a bunch of things, man. New York, went to New York, went to L.A. Um, and, you know, that was just my bro, man. Appreciate that. Um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the next question. This is kind of a weird question, but this is... Nah, shoot it, man. What else? All right, great. <laughs> You've spelled your name two different ways throughout your career. It was Ed O.G. and then it was Ed O.G. And I just always wondered what was the, what was the like, why? It well, was where does that come from? Damn... Do they have different meanings? Are they different characters? Like, can you talk no. about that? A little? Yeah, that was the, the record company. Okay. They spelt it wrong from the jump. Oh, <laughs> oh. So, <laughs> when I, I got it, when I got it, it was done. That's that was it. So gotcha. 
That's what you see. The change was when I started putting out my own records and Uh, doing uh, stuff independently. I had it spelled correctly. Okay. That makes a ton of sense. So they wow. just never consulted and just like did all the they promotional just materials. Yeah, they just couldn't couldn't comprehend Edo period G. G. It was like okay. Ed O. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't seem that complicated began. in retrospect. Yeah, but here well, we are. I mean, it, yeah, here we are. That's you know, I poster behind me with the big O and the G yeah. space this far apart. Like. <laughs> And when I went to to Cali the first time in, in 91, they was like, oh, oh original gangster, huh? Yeah, I yeah. was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. There was be big with that. OG out there. They like, what up, OG? OG? <laughs> I said, oh, shit. <laughs> that's dope, man. Oh, man, that's, that's, that's dope. Um, <laughs> So you, you got the new record coming out with Insight, Ed OG and Insight uh, Innovate uh, coming out May 28th. Are you guys yeah. planning, you know, is there any plans to try to take it on the road? Are you thinking kind of definitely? I mean, run? Yeah, yeah. When, when everything, uh, you know, gets opened up, I think this summer is going to be good because we can do a lot of outdoor events and stuff, you know, outside. So, um, yeah, we're planning on doing some events this summer. Um, all outdoors and until everything is uh, opened up where we can get inside. But yeah, okay. um, yeah, you know, we got a few videos now too. We got a new video that's that's out now um, called Progress. We're going to be dropping a bunch more videos up until the date and then after. So, you know, looking forward to okay. that. All right, there it is. Ed OG, we appreciate you coming on the program, man. Uh, congrats on all your success and Keep, keep it going, man. Yeah, and I just want to say, too, man, uh, look out this year. The Ed OG and the Bulldogs 30th year anniversary album is coming. It's almost oh, pretty much okay. done. It's recorded. Okay. Uh, we just got to mix and master it. Um, new solo Ed OG record coming following the Bulldogs. Um, and then a bunch more other projects uh, coming Dang. out this year, too, man. So, you know. Okay. Peace, y'all. Yo, thank you, man. Really yeah, appreciate peace. y'all. Peace. Y'all take care. One love. All right. Peace, man. Thank you. Dad bod rap pod. That was our conversation with Ed OG. Shout out to Ed OG, man. And shout out to Nate LeBlanc for asking the money question money of this question. interview. As he does. As he does. Uh, you guys know, like, I have a weird interview style. And it's more about me proposing things to people that I've always wondered and seeing if, like, they agree or get their take on it. And that one, right. I've legit been wondering for many, many years. And even he pointed out, because like you guys can't see this, but he had the posters behind him. Right. Yes. The, the spelling with the two different names. And so I I I don't know. I like we we have our little chat in the Zoom where we can only talk to one of each other at a time during it. So right. I'm like running it by both of them. Should I ask 
should I do it? And then it ended up being a Go funny, in. cool point, like way to end the thing. So no, but that's great. And that and that's to me on some insightful shit, dude. Like, yeah, now we know the answer to that. Speaking you know, uh, of so which, yeah. we definitely yes. want to give shouts to Insight as well, um, yeah. who plays a major yeah. role in the new Ed OG project. And I think like, I don't, I don't know. I haven't listened to every single Ed OG record of the modern era but this one felt very buoyant very fun it had kind of a springiness yeah. to it that i would like to it's think adds insights uh kind of production style and um kind of pastiche quality um was was very welcome i would say it was yeah yeah absolutely it was um, it, i feel like oh, uh, i'm sorry go ahead sorry bumper cars uh so so yeah shout out to uh edo g insight the new record edo g and insight innovates um is either out or coming out soon depending on when you interact with this in the in the internet world but you should definitely check that out and support rappers of every age strata how about that um so having edo g on was an inspiration for this week's question of the week as you know, or at least you should, on Twitter, I will post a question each week, typically on Sunday. Uh, and if you get your answer in before Monday noon, we read some of these on air and uh, discuss them. So this week, the question of the week was, what current rapper do you see making dope project th- dope projects 30 years from now so who that's out right now will still be doing it and doing it at you know a minimum level of quality uh 30 years from now some really interesting responses i'm gonna read a few here um first one is from at j g greer um this question led me and my wife down a rabbit hole googling so i thought i'd ask y'all are there any 70 year old rappers out there? And I just, I thought that was fascinating. I think if you are, were Park Jam aged, right. you could be 70 now, right? Right, I, I was thinking, I mean, uh, like, we, like we said, I mean, the, um, you know, the um, Chuck D's and the Curtis Blows of the world are getting there. Um, I'm not yeah. sure how old like Coke Rock is or, or some of the Park Jam dudes that were very young at that point. But yeah. we're literally reaching that chronology. So I think the question, I think, will sort of answer itself. But I think it's going to be yes. There's going to be 70-year-old dudes rapping. There it, might oh, be 80-year-old dude old rapping. dudes from the UK who are doing, like, a kind of, like, um, drill, not parody, but kind of, like, mm. parody. Have you guys seen this? this was yeah, like, I, yeah, I've, I've seen this. I've too. seen this, yeah. But that's, like, novelty, to you yeah. know, at least to me. You know, like when Chuck puts out a public enemy song, it's going to still be a fucking public enemy song. You know, so that's different. For Th- this sure. sounds like this, that almost felt like puppetry or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. It made me Although very, very entertaining. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for uh, guys rapping about bangers. And um, <laughs> all right. The next one comes from uh, the homie. I'll call him the homie, homie of the program, uh, Keyboard Colossus. Um, and he just answered with a picture a gif of e40 and too short which also too short was around in the 80s and, and has a, a 30 plus year career and um, he's only retired twice don't hold that against him yeah yeah it's like <laughs> boxers never take a rapper's retirement seriously oh, totally. they'll always be back always be back um and then the other homie homie uh at wheezmatic the homie square wheezy chimed in yep e40 too short fat joe and snoop dog 
will always find a way to make a hit for every generation. I love this because Fat Joe has 10 years between his his hits. It's uncanny. That's crazy. Uh, the way that he he's able to space these things out. Thank you. Um, gets a little low. Still... Get in the get in the studio, man. It's awesome. Yeah, man. He he comes back. What was the joke? Uh, this was a joke on Twitter a while ago. Um, both of his most recent hits are things that you can do with um, an airplane seat back tray. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Lean back. What's uh, the other one? Uh, all the way up. Uh... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice genius genius uh this next one is from brie conklin at obriwan um mike eagle will be rapping whilst getting senior citizen discounts at denny's and rapping about how much getting old feels bad and he'll be That's the best hilarious and shout he will out, be the best at it shout out he, to mike i can yeah. see him being sharp as fuck forever yeah Absolutely. He's he's one of the rappers that's pioneering rapping about uh, real life shit that happens to you in middle age. Like, I think yeah. he's, he's definitely out uh, in the forefront of that. Um, and then another rapper uh, that was mentioned here, and this is from um, a tribe called Quentin. Well played. Uh, not a current rapper as a new, but a rapper still currently making music. Homeboy Sandman. It seems as long as he keeps living, he'll be able to write things from an interesting perspective he's a homeboy Sandman is another guy that just raps about kind of everyday-ish um type things which i think can give you uh an interesting type of longevity mm -hmm. um if you can just keep making your you know the mundane things in life uh rappable and i, I have think to say this uh, is not exactly what we're talking about but that larry june record you recommended me damone the mm -hmm. one with harry fraud i was i listened to it a bunch over the weekend and i really enjoyed it so thank you for the recommendation but it reminded yeah. me of how a really good rapper can make they just going about their day sound cool like, like he's it, going it, to trader joe's he's yeah. getting sandwiches for his son there's he's, literally yeah, it's very like, it's a nice ass day i might ride my bike and i'm like yeah me too dude <laughs> 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 you know, sort of on the homeboy um, Sandman tip, I think Aesop Rock's going to have longevity because he already has. Yeah, a couple, you know yeah, what right. I mean? Couple folks he will him. keep yep. being Aesop Rock for the next 20 years because he's already been Aesop Rock for the last so, 20 years. This might seem dated by the time it comes out, but the speculation is that Aesop Rock is fine. And uh, uh, one would think in collaboration with the artist Jeremy Fish is finally going to do a children's project. They, they think that long-legged Larry, which was like his last thing that came out, is mm. going to be the beginning of him kind of doing a whole universe of like little characters cool. and voicing them and putting them in motion as like an album and a book thing. So I don't know if that's true. That's just what I heard. That's just speculation in the Twitter that's sphere. Cool. But if he, if he can do something like that. And the um, music he made with Kimya Dawson kind of like uh, goes in that direction a little bit too, kind of by, by virtue of her um, yeah. kind of folky kind of like posy uh stylings so pretty pretty interesting reinvention if that's truly the case i don't know if that's the case but it'd be interesting and that we were saying you have to have a couple of different acts like that's that's a way to do a whole right. different thing reach a whole new audience Absolutely. if you do children's thing now those kids won't even be that old in 30 years totally they'll be young Gosh, like us man, in their a... 40s <laughs> <laughs> right. man I played basketball this weekend. I'm not, I am not young. That was a, that was a, that was a, we could have told you that, buddy. Out to any, 
Forget rapping. Who will be playing basketball in 30 years is the real question. Well, I Jay Cole for the Rwandan national team. Well, I, I was just sure. gonna, I know, I was gonna say, hopefully he keeps playing oh, ball and that's stops right. rapping. That that, that is the hope. Ball. All right, so you know, the dad bods, we're out there. We're the original kings of content. We've got all kinds of shit all over the internet all the time. Cause that's what it's about nowadays is like having a lot of things in a lot of places. And so uh, one of those things is mugs. We still have some dad bod rap pod mugs. Be like your favorite rappers, open Mike Eagle and rap Ferreira and uh, buy a mug, take a picture with the mug, send us the picture of the mug and you drinking from it. And we will post it on our social media channels uh, at dad bod rap pod on Twitter and at dad bod rap pod on IG and watch out, Joe Rogan. We are officially entering into the world of YouTube. Nate, tell them about your weekend adventures in YouTube um, and how they can connect with us there. Weekend at burnout. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I, watched a, I watched a bunch of YouTube tutorials and slapped together some what I hope are mildly entertaining versions of some of our recent hit shows um i got the vast air episode up there i got our pink sifu one i'm actually pretty proud of that one i actually like used some of the zoom footage and put in some yeah. other stuff i'm like yeah. uh i'm really trying not to abuse the ken burns effect that comes <laughs> in iMovie so but sometimes yeah. it's just so helpful um to really move is. the camera a little bit and give it a sense of movement so it's been super interesting for me to kind of take what I learned from audio editing and apply it to visuals. And now I'm like, I really see how people get addicted to this. Like I want, I want to make little movies now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like, we have a bunch of stuff I could do it on. It's like, I'm like, can I, and you know, Dave made that thing of just the three of our blue heads. I'm like, yeah. Can I make those talk? Oh, oh, I tried. I tried, but we can, we can discuss. Yes. Okay. Okay. This off one, but I'm like, can I make the head spin around? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, will I basically now be be doing like this very rudimentary version of animation, like Mm -hmm. early South Park style animation to make my little jokes and points. So I've I've been thinking a lot about how to visually present the shows and it's, I know I will get better at it from here, but it was really interesting to spend a weekend just kind of like in the, like hunched over my laptop going like, I need to find a picture of a, a uh, large professor from 89. Like, yeah, <laughs> go. <laughs> Pre-gray beard, large professor. That's going to look perfect right here. Pan across. Oh, well, man. Well, thanks for doing that, Nate. I think it, I think yeah. it looks great. And it's just a little another little outlet slash platform for us. Um, yeah. And everybody should check out the, the Pink Sifu is up on there. The uh, Vast Air is up on there as well. And what was the other one? There is another one. And I'm also having trouble remembering <laughs> what it is, which is riveting radio. <laughs> Who, who runs this thing? Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me talk um, to the producer. <laughs> we also have, I'm working on the Buck Wild one right now, but I know it's not that. It is. Pink Sifu, Vast Air. That's right, Sterling y'all. Tolls. Dementia Radio. Sterling Tolls. Sterling, Sterling Tolls. Tolls. Which, Sterling like, Tolls. I'm right. getting to, when you, when you edit something, you really have to listen to it. And that one was just, like, a straight-up pleasure to re-listen yeah. to. And very totally. memorable, as you guys can tell. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was as, a, as an experience. Um, 
And I feel like YouTube is going to be an interesting platform to engage with us. And uh, Nate's going to start wearing shirts consistently now that he knows that we're going to use the footage. Uh, <laughs> so, so I really appreciate that about the YouTube channel. Um, yeah, so you, you know the ways to connect with us. We drop episodes every Thursday. We are part of the Stony Island Podcast Network. Shout out to Podcast Magnate, Open Mike Eagle, Fatherhood's Pod, Super Duty, Tough Work, Can't Knock the Shuffle, um, all the great programs on our network telling the dopest hip-hop stories. Can I give a little plug for the most recent two-part episode of Can't Knock the Shuffle with Estero? Ah, I've seen um, the, the promo I, for I that. did not yeah. know that much about Estero. I remember seeing her debut record in a lot of my friends dj bags like it's kind of like a trip-hop record yeah and she has a really pretty voice um this i see why sean made this a two-parter it's pretty epic and she has some really amazing stories about some very famous people and even if you don't know that much about her music i have to say very compelling listen i, okay. I recommend it okay oh, there there it is and they they're not even paying us Sean Katowitz is uh, <laughs> Sean Katowitz is the homie, and I know he he definitely will promote our show as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's great to be part of this team. Uh, stay tuned for all the great Stony Island podcast, and you know, keep your eye out for the Dad Bods audio visual. We need like a three D printer version of Dad Bod. <laughs> like, it's gonna take. We're gonna a lot work of, on uh, melting plastic goo around the midsection. That's like that's a, right. Like printing out get like a, a Homer Simpson figure, a bust of our gut. Um, you, so you know, that's how we do right here on the Dad Bod Rap Pod.